Got it. Saw the, uh, what's the whole, what's that place? It's like a hole, kind of hole in the ground. The, uh, the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big one. Yeah. It's pretty, have you ever been? Uh, yeah, been. I have. A long time ago. Cool. Um, pretty impressive. Um, it's colder than I thought. Yeah, it's high up there. High up. Everyone goes in the morning, too, so. We went in the afternoon. Ooh, Rebels. Yeah. Why is that? Afternoon. Curious. Yeah. That's where I work now? Okay. You got a kid, you got to get up and get going, and it takes a little bit, and you got to feed, work around nap schedule and feed. And just like Did he take a nap in the car, wake up, and he saw the, the, one of the great, the great canyons in the world? I, he didn't appreciate it. He didn't appreciate it. Okay. That was cool. Did you make him look at it for longer? You were like, hey, you better appreciate this, buddy, because... Uh... No. Okay, sorry. Continue. Continue. Just thankful he's quiet. You're thankful when he's not throwing a fit in public. Yeah. We got into a little rhythm. Had him in a little backpack over my shoulders, so... Good. Like, keep good. Keep good fatherly time there. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Anyway. Staring out over those vast vistas... They're not sure if it's man-made or not. I got really? Yeah. Mm. So you're not sure about that, huh? It used to be a reservoir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, I'm not sure of that. You're not into that stuff. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you dabble. You, you like to dabble in the... Uh, ancient aliens. Yeah, that stuff. The Anunnaki may or may not have been kind of the ancient... Ancient alien rulers who created humanity as sort of like a hybrid slave creature. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe Grand Canyon. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you sure. Are you sure it's not just the river that's uh... a lot of water. It's a big canyon. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But I've uh... been patient enough for a tour, so I was kind of on my own. Wandering. Okay, you're on your own. You're making up your own things, huh? You, you saw a bird pick up a rock, and you're like, oh, I get it. I see how it happened. Bit by, bit by bit. Oh, hey. Reminds me of an old, I think it was like a Norse conception of eternity. Yeah. You know, like all time. So a bird takes a little grain of sand and flies across the world and puts the grain of sand down. It flies all the way back and takes a grain of sand and puts flies all the way back across the world, puts a grain of sand down and does that enough times to build a great gigantic mountain. Mm -hmm. And by the time that's done, eternity will not have even started. Well, hold on. I don't even know what that means. It's just, it's supposed to illustrate how long a time it takes, how long a time eternity is. Do you think that was a Norse writer's um, like final project was to come up with that story? No. Kind of sounds like it. It's pretty good. I don't know what it means, but it's pretty good. This like academic thesis. I don't know why I said Norse. You just made that part up? Yeah. I heard that story. I was like, oh man, that's a that's a really long time. Enough for the bird to create a mountain pebble by pebble. How strong was this bird? Pretty healthy bird. Across the world? Metaphor, yeah. Metaphor, just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned about those. It was a really long time. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Think about how you want to spend eternity. It would be pretty boring to watch that bird make that hill. Yeah, uh, if you had to watch the whole thing, hopefully so, else. Maybe just like once a week you tune in and see him drop, you know, like, hey, you just be like, hey, pick up some more stones back over on the other side. This is bird still going. It's a little slow, you know. It's not, it's yeah, not peppy. It's fun. not... Um, what's the right term? Uh, TV friendly. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Have I derailed your entire intro? No. Continue. I just want to talk about the Grand Canyon. Hey, what if the bird's toucan Sam and he's building a mountain Fruit Loops? <laughs> hey, that's a good commercial. And it'd be it like be a good commercial. Smart. Be a smart, the thinking man's cereal commercial. Because you like cereal big fan of cereal i got a problem though i don't know if i should tell you this um i don't think i can drink almond milk anymore why is that it makes my stomach hurt mm. regular milk I, I think i'm out on too okay. so i have not been i've been in a pretty big cereal dry spot 
Yeah, I'm racking my brains right now for substitutes. Did you get the can- the almond milk in the box? Yeah. I'm wondering, because there's kind of like additives and uh, what's the one? It's big old C. Cart, cart, uh, carrageen. Yeah. Are we trying to say the cancer word? No, 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 carrageen. It's like a uh, make it milky texture. Oh, uh, I think we were trying to say carcinogen. No, I don't think it's a carcinogen. Okay. But, you know, there might be additives to the store-bought almond milk. I don't know if this helps you, but you may have better luck making milk out of your own almonds. This sounds so expensive. Yeah, or time-consuming. Time-consuming and just, I, you know. Coconut milk? Coconut milk. Because ah. you could do, you know, the, the thick stuff in a can and yeah. mix water. And it's kind of got the consistency. You may be able to eat some cereal with coconut milk. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like cereal and milk's a pretty big component of it. So we got Grand Canyon. Matt teaches Peter about almond milk. There are other. I mean, there's cashew milk. Um, they sell. Do you think um, soy and hemp milk? I mean, you now there's like big oil. Do you think there's like the? I'm gonna just say it. The big nut industry, like almond, obviously is our leader, right? about cashew or do you think there's like a smaller group that's like let's bring up cashew a little bit more or... I think conglomerate cashew milk I like better than almond milk really a creamier creamier texture that's okay Wait, how did you just do that on a whim you bought the cashew milk, milk? I buy random stuff when it's on sale I go through phases you know me I go through phases of like help oh let me try this yeah it never works because I never stick to anything you ever had a blood test? Mm, yeah. Okay. Just oh, just for all my, my panels or whatever? Yeah, they're just like, what is happening here? Yeah, you're all over the place. You're like, am I maxed out? Nice. Like, what do you eat? Like, well, I'm vegan except for uh, hamburgers and Kung Pao chicken and ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Are we about done with this intro? It's pretty good. I like it. I learned something. You know, we can be, we can, I can go as long as I need. I was just in New Mexico and Arizona. I know. I know. The the listeners probably wondering, hey, where have these bozos been? Matt's been, Matt's been traveling. Yeah. I was going to try to record from the road, but it didn't quite work. Let's not do that. Yeah. Four, did you go to the four corners? No, we were in the flat. So close to. Yeah. The Grand Canyon was cool. Flagstaff's a nice little, it's like right by a mountain. So it's higher up. I was expecting desert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Snow's up there. Yeah. I'm I'm going to ask you this question, and it'll be kind of the last thing I think we should talk about in this intro. What do you think happened with when they made the four corners, like the states? Like, it doesn't happen anywhere else, but they just kind of got a little lazy. Or, like, what do you... What's your theory about why why they just made the four corners? If you're from overseas, there's four states, the United States, the meet, and you can stand or, like, you know hand in one state another hand in another state and then put your feet in the other two states or you're in four states at once that's the only place it happens it's kind of curious it's an arbitrary division of the new mexico territory okay from mexico after the war so there's nothing inherently special about it i would either say it should happen more or shouldn't happen at all saying they redraw the states into a grid what if there's a, a war like someone writes a book about like hey we want to take over the so instead of it's um i don't know what i'm talking about it's, it's just... there was a war to redraw the map and we want we want more family friendly tourist uh destinations so let's make let's make yeah. corners can we get five corners five corners no <laughs> Tennessee's kind of jagged. A lot of these form rivers until you get out west, and it's more big, blocky. I don't know if yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I think I kind of broke your brain when I said five corners. Well, I don't know anything about geometry, so I'm like, is that possible or is that? I don't know. Think about it. It doesn't have to be all you know, ninety degree angles. Like a star, but you couldn't be there all at once. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on. I don't. I don't really care about the four corners because okay. whatever. I was just saying what you're thinking. Orders are all arbitrary anyway. I know. 
So. You think they should uh, mark him on the, like in real life so you see him? That'd be kind of fun. Some sort of neon. Yeah, some sort of like neon paint. Yeah. Yeah. I know I just said they're arbitrary, but yeah, they should probably have neon tubing that lights up. It'd be some cool pictures from the space station. Yeah. Heck yeah. And on that note, welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and the four corners. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Matt, you've been traveling like we said, but we are back recording. We got a fun episode tonight. We're picking a new seasonal book. You got a book review type, uh, I'm going to say it's an essay, it's not an essay, about a book I've already read that we kind of slightly discussed on the podcast probably a year ago. Part two. What? Part two, Sally Rooney, part two. Sally Rooney, part two. You got to call it that. I know when we started this podcast, we thought we'd be like the coolest Sally Rooney podcast, considering neither of us had read Sally Rooney. Um, But we will talk, well, I'm curious to hear your opinions because a couple weeks ago you hinted to me i think off episode that you were kind of liking the book Uh, i didn't hate it okay didn't hate it so let's start there sally rooney and just to remind the her newest book that came out last uh fall is beautiful world where are you yeah i read it um trying to keep up with the joneses and it didn't leave a very lasting or i wasn't that impressed i did say i like the ending more than the beginning but overall her style her characters that she drew eh, felt flat to me but you listen to it so it might be a different experience and you might just naturally like the book more than me matt where do you come down on this book uh i didn't hate it I, I found okay. it enjoyable, and I think taking it for what it is, it was it was all right. It was all right. I don't know if it's genius. I wouldn't quite put it up there with Don Powell or anything like that. Oh, no. that's hard to ask people to be. I might end the podcast if you consider. Okay, continue. No, no, all no. Right. no. I'm not. I should let you talk. I should let you talk. But for what it was, yeah, you know, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't mind it. It was enjoyable. It was. Um, it got frustrating towards the end, but I realized I was frustrated with the characters, which is a good, I think, a sign of good writing. Okay. When you're frustrated with the characters. It means you care and you're invested in the story. Yep. I mean, so, so yeah, like you said, I listened to it on audiobook. A narrator, I don't know who this Irish lady, was very good. Okay. Drew me in. I was just a pleasant uh, listening experience. Right? Look, I got a question for you. I, I found this um, review, and you can find this on uh, the book's Wikipedia. And uh, the quote I thought would be an interesting topic to discuss it is from a critic called Constance Grady, who wrote a four-star review for Vox. Um, this review kind of investigates the questions with which Rooney's fiction has been consistently preoccupied. And I'm going to see if you agree with this. As the world collapses all around us, is it morally defensible to to devote your life to love, relationships, and the aesthetic pleasure of books? What if you get rich from it? I thought that was the most one of the more crazy ways of thinking about books and stories and writing. And uh, so I need to say I have a couple of analogies. You're going to have to bear with me on it. I'm ready. I did not see the book or enjoy the book as a work that raised and answered or even dealt with the serious questions of our okay. time. I didn't see some of the characters in their emails to each other talk about that sort of thing, but I found the characters kind of shallow and I don't know if that was on purpose or whatnot, but I found they were well drawn. But I, I, it's not when that the Vox lady who said, you know, like she raises interesting questions. That's not how I saw this book and I don't think the pleasures I got from it lay there as a novel of ideas or anything. Let me, so, okay. First of all, I'm imagining there's the Don Powell, Edith Wharton sort of acerbic school of the novel, right? Like I, what I like about them is they're very sharp. Yep. 
and they see a lot of things, can describe a lot of people, put them in situations. Like I, it's what makes them great. This was kind of more of a, I, I kept thinking of somebody who's on like a busy pier in like Atlantic City or like a crowded fair or something who's drawn sketches, right? Okay. A big old easel or whatever, and just drawing sketches of what they see. And they're, they're really good sketches. It's an accurate depiction of what's okay. going on. And that's how I took Sally Rooney. I, I was a, you know, some of the characters are kind of frustrating. They do maybe some morally dubious things. They have worldviews that I don't agree with, but I know for a fact, like I met people, the people like that exist and they're silly. And so it'd be like, you fault Sally Rooney for accurately depicting these types of people. You know what I mean? So that's why I see the sketch. And then you get into, is Sally Rooney above it all and kind of humorously de depicting what she sees or is she in, in earnest asking all these questions of like, what do we do when the world's on fire and everything? And I honestly don't know. But like with the person doing the sketch, that's a really, really well done depiction of what you see. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like I don't, she draw, let's say, you know, the, the, the sketch artist is drawing like a family and there's like a, a funny looking big fat guy who's being really loud. You know, does the sketch art, the artist painting that, does she disapprove of the big fat loud guy? Oh, gotcha. It doesn't matter. She, she drew it and they're like, yeah. oh, very well done. So that's kind of my take. I enjoyed the depiction of kind of, as our generation, millennial, the younger people, how they're trudging through or going through their lives. And I kind of. Were you surprised that you liked it as much as you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm inclined not to like this sort of lit fic. Auto fiction has a tendency to be really shallow. The stuff that sells really well in the sort of academic uh, auto fiction, the stuff that gets praised you know gets yeah. really good reviews tend in my experience not to be very good and overrated so i was predisposed not to like it um but i was actually kind of surprised i was like oh, sally rooney's a good writer see i, I she didn't dazzle me um but I, I think that was one of my big critiques was i didn't her style um fell flat to me yeah. and i thought the I, i'm glad you mentioned the emails that are in this book i've kind of forgot about them i found them very grating so um, I, but I don't know if she was commenting on her characters and they're kind of i don't know it's it, it the question of is she earnestly believing like this is how people should have conversations or would it you see what i mean or is she kind of yeah critiquing her characters for talking i have something way. on that and i prefer fiction that's kind of above it all and that yeah. critiques that sort of thing but i do realize she also could be asking these things in earnest and it's just entertaining to me so Did you could you be reading it? the book on a different level than i don't know well and that's not, i don't mean it as pretentious as that but you know i'm glad you mentioned the emails real quick i will say that didn't bother i remember you saying it bothered you and it didn't bother me as much because if you read older fiction, uh, a lot of them do like letters, excerpts of letters to one another. And that doesn't stand out because people used to do that. And so I, I think doing the email thing is a fine updating of that convention. You okay. know, I would never write one of those big, long things to you. <laughs> but that doesn't mean, you know, so people don't do that. Yeah, European, Irish people might actually do that i'm not going to hold that against her that's that's like doing letters i i just it felt um it felt like cramming in big important topics and ideas into the story that it just felt forced i don't know yeah i i didn't mind it because i was kind of amused by some of the things the characters because it's you know about you know when the world it's about to end like everybody thinks it is with climate change and everything do you yeah. have kids what's the point of romantic love should we be doing more than working our petty little jobs and everything right so yeah. it's you know it's something that's on a lot of people's minds 
but let me say so i was kind of amused by the way the characters dealt with it and each other and there was one point when one of the one of the girl characters it's alice who is basically sally rooney like an author who got famous in her 20s and is pretty well off financially and yeah isn't quite that doesn't quite make her happy and i'm actually fine with sally rooney doing that right that's part of her new reality and you know she can deal with it in her fiction and in, it's her and her other friend who works at a literary magazine but isn't really quote unquote successful and they are they've been friends forever and they talk back and forth and it's interspersed with uh each of the, the other two main characters are their respective romantic partners and it's sort of a they go through life and like will they won't they get together and all that but one of the i think it was alice she talks about how she really wants a uh, a book of theory on sexuality because that whole era area is is very confusing for her. and i was actually amused by that i was like that's one of the more experiential things you know if you want to learn about it it's experiential it's not like what would a book of theory what good would that really do you mm. you know what i mean and that's kind of what i was thinking about i don't know if sally rooney finds that funny or if that was in earnest but i found the character writing about that pretty funny pretty spot on okay. for a certain type of intellectual millennial that overthinks things does that make sense like yeah i got all you sorts of things like that is like that's funny i don't know how she meant it but going back to the sketch the sketch artist thing i don't know how much that matters yeah let me tell you let me tell you a story okay so back my first job i ever had i was like 16 17 and i worked with this guy who was like 24 at the time and he was really entertaining uh interesting guy i mean, kind of like friend like work buddies you know he uh just a big old dude he was mormon he like self-censored himself he wouldn't go see r-rated movies okay and I remember being like, you're, you're in your 20s, you know, like, yeah. why don't you? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, it's not something I want to do. And he would always say these things I thought were hilarious. He was fun to hang out with. One, the one that still sticks with me is he would kind of say every now and then, yeah, it reminds me of the time I almost killed a guy at Quiznos. <laughs> okay. And I just, I'd laugh and I'd be like, keep going. And he's like, yeah, I was just, he had one of the sandwich knives. And I thought I was alone in the back room and I was working on my ninja work. And you like, I, and he tells us, you know, he's like, who? And then another guy was like right there. He didn't hear him come in and the knife was at his throat. And I just cracking up. And he's, he was fun. He'd have all sorts yes. of stories like that. And then a month or two in, I remember he was saying something like that. And he kind of stopped me and he was like, why do you always laugh at everything I say? And it, it was serious. And it kind of took me aback. I was like, because you're funny you're funny you're being funny and he's like oh it's kind of offensive and it's kind of like oh. it was kind of, she reminded me of that guy I, okay. I don't it, it's pretty funny i was entertained you enjoyed it on your level but uh oh i don't know like if i were to if if we were to have an interview with her and i would be like i thought this was so funny you really skewered the millennials and how shallow they are there's a good chance she'd be like, oh, that wasn't meant to be funny. Yeah. Or maybe she would. I, I don't know. And but see, your reading of it can kind be of, valid without her well, exactly, having, exactly. directing you or whatever. But it might be offensive if she yeah. like, was meant to be in earnest. But it's also conceivable that she's a, a good writer and she's kind of having fun. Okay. And I, I actually like that better. She, the general public, like the, the sort of people who eat up Sally Rooney and especially like the book critics kind of take something that's supposed to be funny seriously. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's my take. Okay. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. I found it kind of amusing. Uh there were parts where I blushed very much. Very, very, it's like, whew. Especially because it's on audiobook and it's being read out loud in the in my car. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> steamy. Has some steamy elements to it. There you go. So that is Sally Rooney part two. Um, Check I think, it out on audio if it, I don't know. At some point, I think we should do the, the big one, normal people or it something. It worked like my curiosity. I'm okay. actually curious as to what, what she came in as. Because like I say, her, you know, her monk herself in this is a successful author. So I'm curious what yeah. she, her first one. By the time we, um, well, this was her 
third book, I believe. Uh, yeah. Normal people is her second book, but I think you know by the time we've kind of read her, she was this like literary star. So it'd be kind of interesting to see um, maybe why that is or how we disagree. So that might be a future episode. So let's transition over to talking about some huge chunker books for our new seasonal. Uh, if you're not familiar, we have a seasonal book club where we pick longer works. Uh, could be fiction, could be nonfiction. And we read them over a period of months. And then at the end, we delve into them. We read sometimes a great notion last time um, for a seasonal book. A very, very good book by Ken Kesey. And so we are going to pick a book to replace that. Um, no real rules with this. Sometimes we pick two books, which we did, I believe, last time. So we had oh, some for the monthly. We probably won't pick two seasonals. But didn't we do uh, the Marlon James? Or did, was we, that a monthly one? We spun off seasonal, basically seasonals, which I think we haven't trademarked the term, but I think we came up it's, with it. I think we might have come up with the seasonal yeah, book club. Hopefully. Uh, it started with Monte Cristo. You nominated Count of Monte Cristo as a monthly right when we started this thing. We're like, I don't know if we get to that in a month, but yeah, there's a way of spinning it. I still want to read that, but we need more time. Yes. So, so it's kind of like it, a big old hunker of a book that'll take us more time, and we'll still do the monthly. And so we've had some little mini spinoffs like Red and the Black and Marlon James, but this is the official. This is the official seasonal. Big old big seasonal. All right. So um, do you have a there, theme? Uh, no, but I wanted to, um, we, well, first of all, we did ask some of our uh, followers on Instagram to give us some, some suggestions. So we will be bringing those up. I didn't have a theme, but I wanted to ask you, should we just mention some of the big massive books and just gauge where we are about interest of reading those without, without them being like official nominations for instance war war and peace was that do you have that is that a serious what do you mean well okay because i kind of have something similar i have five books sitting here and one just a couple i want to talk about yeah okay let's do that i have i have two that i'm really strong with and then i have i then some of the the um our listener suggestions i'm actually very in favor of but i had some where where i'm like so we just mention these every time just as because we have sort of our concept of minding or like uh what's it minding the gaps minding, minding the gap filling gaps are in, in our kind of reading past so you know yeah. big books hey have you read war and peace no oh i can't believe you haven't read war and peace that kind of stuff okay yeah yeah so i'm just gonna throw out a couple of them mm-hmm. um war and peace yay nay how we feel does that have any any traction for you Yes, but it seems like like how we do in Life and Fate as like a year long okay. thing. War and Peace feels like one of those. Okay. But, Next, uh, these are just quick your initial response. Next book, Ulysses by James Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Because after doing Dubliners, but that also feels like a. Yeah. No. Yeah. Event. Yes, we should do Ulysses at some point. And this one feels to me like a yearly thing but i wanted to gauge your interest because i for me it's a big blind spot and that would be lord of the rings yes absolutely okay and i don't know how we do that if it'd be we for I me mean, we figure it out it'd be yeah. like a seasonal or just like a because we might... want to do all we wouldn't just want to do fellowship and no 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 yeah. yeah i would definitely be down that would be the one i'd be down to do sooner just because that might be a future, maybe 2023 type thing. Yeah. That's how we I We should do it. another yearly. I don't know if I'll have Life and Fate done. Yeah. But, you know, but I like, yeah, I like all three of those. I think War and Peace feels like longer than a seasonal realistic. Okay. I agree. Then maybe it's reputation. I don't know. Maybe we breeze through it. But, yeah. Okay. All, all three. Okay. So those were the ones I just, I wanted to mention them just as just obviously there's more but those are kind of like hey should we these are some some because uh, sometimes you're like you're looking at a list of like all the great long works and the ones that you haven't read um kind of pop out 
So Tolstoy, obviously Dostoevsky. So there are some big names that I think both of us um, need to get under our belt. But the question is timing. So um, let's see here. So do you want to start with your first nomination or do you have some sort of like... I actually have one similar to what you're talking about. Okay. Like, I don't necessarily want to do it this time, but I think about it every time we do one of these and I think eventually we should get to it. Okay. Um, you ever heard of Rebecca West? Yes. Okay. Uh, Black Lamb and Gray Falcon. I think we've mentioned, yeah, that is... Um has been on my tbr for a long time yeah and it is a huge from what i gather it would seem like a oh this is like a travel log but it's a book about the history of yugoslavia she's history and the time yeah it's, it's all all these things she traveled through yugoslavia right before world war ii broke out mm-hmm. so it's all sorts and it's supposed to, it's more than just a travel log more than just a history she's just Supposed to be just a really articulate, like, supposed to be one of the writer. yeah, best books or top books in that like genre or category. Yeah, and it is, it, it would fit. Um, I think we shouldn't toss it aside completely, but okay, it's, it, it's, it is uh, 1158 pages. That is very long, and that's not including the index, that's like to read, but. Oh, yeah, it's I've been meaning to get to it for a while. It'd be good to be a project, right? We both have a, a copy of it. Yeah. So hey. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there for maybe not this time, but you know, just throw it out there. Okay. Let's start actually I'll, instead of starting with our own nominations, let's start with some of the nominations we had from uh some people on Instagram. Uh the first one was a book that i'm sort of familiar with but it's definitely um i I, i'm kind of familiar with the backstory of it and i actually picked up uh a while ago and i was debating nominating the book that sort of influenced it and that would be the once and future king by th white um kind of the you're gonna nominate the fairy queen no i was gonna nominate the uh mallory sort of uh, more Arthur. Yeah, yeah, from the 15th century. So this is sort of kind of a take on that legend based off of on, uh, on, on that book. So it's, and it's, I was kind of reading about it. It's interesting that it's broken up into four um, shorter novels that were written, or the first three were written kind of in similar proximity. And then they combined them all at a later date with another, a fourth one. And that becomes the once and future king. So any feelings on that book? Yeah, this is the one is kind of weird. You know, um, you know, uh, you know, Carl Jung talks about synchronicities. Yeah. So it's crazy. So I've read the f- book one. There's like four books in one. You know, there's the first book is the sword and sword. Stone. I read the sword and the stone, like just right before we started the podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah. Is very good. It's, it's really good. I never got to the the second, third, and fourth, uh, but I started it. The book one is great. I this is before we. I, I saw that the person who recommended it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Before that, I saw it at the Once in the Future King, an old cool edition at a used bookstore, and I bought it for my brother, who has four kids on the strength of sword and the stone yeah i was like hey you might want to read the others to make sure but at least the sword and the stone is great i wish i we had read it when we were kids and all that so i gave the copy i bought to my brother on vacation and on vacation i saw the thing it's like oh like it is yeah and then the place we stayed in arizona it was my wife's um family's house her grandpa's house and uh they were downsizing they were unloading a lot of books right okay. and they told me like hey you they have like these three big old shelves in their wall and I was like man if you want any of these just let us know and i had to like feel them out like 
because they don't know like is like i will wipe you out if you <laughs> so i had to feel out like how serious are you you know yeah. but a lot of the stuff they're getting rid of were old arthurian legends really i came back with 15 books on king arthur <laughs> one of them is the fifth unfinished book by th white the book of merlin yeah not officially included but i have a really cool hardback copy of the book of merlin no kidding really so it's just a weird okay and this is before and i saw the person recommend once a future king and i was like you know what so that might have to be that goes to probably to the top of our list that, we'll that, see okay. what what else happens but i you know it's like uh do you believe in all that yeah stuff that's like, kind of it's like somebody nudging like you guys should read this but we'll see all right another book was bleak house by charles dickens yeah. i think we, we've kind of mentioned dickens before uh, i was thinking david copperfield um uh, coming into this that's not really one of my picks but um right a few want to do pickwick papers you've all yeah i think yeah. have you nominated that before you i think have. i did the first time yeah bleak house is a is a, a monster of a book i think it's around a thousand pages it um it's are you a fan of dickens do what i've read yeah okay. christmas carol great expectations so yeah no and we need to do more of him we at some point we need to buckle down and do something so i was pleased to see that and there's a great what i've heard is a great bbc adaptation of this so i thought that would be a possibility of um kind of reading the book and then watching the miniseries there was another one when i posted my uh picture asking for suggestions i had a book by olga tokarchuk and that was the books of Jacob, which is a book I don't think you're familiar with. It just came out in English last year. It was uh, came out in Polish in 2014. It became a really big hit. It is a massive book, and I'll briefly describe it to you. Um, one second here. It is basically a novel about Jacob Frank who is a Polish Jew um, who claimed to be the Messiah. And it is told through dozens of, of um, character pers perspectives about this. The, the novel begins in 1752 and then it ends in the Holocaust era. And interestingly enough, the, the numbers on the pages start at like 900 and then go to one. Oh, I'm cool. not entirely sure why that is, but um so that was a it'd be like they're counting down to the messiah maybe that might, i think you figured it out to be honest. so that i don't know if that was a suggestion or just like an observation so i just wanted to mention that one too because that is a very large book um and i and i liked um her book flights quite a bit oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about her. yeah she won the i think she let's see here she won the i believe i want to say pulitzer prize in 2018 uh, yeah so she's she's got some international acclaim and i think you would appreciate her like observations and sort of her the way her mind works um but i don't know a, a thousand page book about the coming of a, of a messiah sounds interesting but i don't know I if that's another thousand page book that's about that <laughs> it's true <laughs> um let's see here so that's i think those are sort of the listener ones that were posted. Um, do you want to begin, Matt, with your first nomination? Yeah. And this is more, I have three here. Let me, okay, we'll just, Peter, who's your favorite president? Um, I don't have one. What? <laughs> My favorite president. You caught me off guard because I had a, a I was going to surprise you with a nomination based on a book that I think your dad told us to read, but I feel oh. like this might be the book you're talking no, about. No, but is it John Adams or no, Truman? Is it Truman? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I felt like when I posted that, I was like, we should probably also listen to people in our lives who tell us to read books. 
that's it came up again my dad was like so okay. if I, if I recommend the book to you you gotta you have to read it it's like well we'll talk about it like, I, want, I, want to know I want your dad to know that i that's i'll just say that right now that's one of my nominations hey truman i don't uh, have that. McCullough. okay but i was thinking you know the whole it's I, my dad saying that stuff got me thinking like is the, the like the term dad books yeah dad biography like you get older and I've actually started to feel that itch. You just want to, you get older, you just want to mow the lawn in sandals and socks and read a big old biography about a president or something. Uh, Back to your question, my favorite president. Um, I don't know. Uh, Do I have to like believe with their political beliefs? No, or or just a guy, just a guy you like. I think Eisenhower's, I think Eisenhower's kind of interesting. Nice old man. Yeah, my grandfather kind of looked like him. That's why I was kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, cool. Like when he was guy. older. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't really think about who my favorite president is. Although I'll be completely honest. That's too bad. Okay, who's? Who, am I supposed to now ask you who's your favorite president, Matt? I mean, yeah. Okay, who's your? You're favorite not supposed president? to point it out. You're just supposed to do it. Who's your favorite president? My favorite president was actually never a president. Okay. But a lot of people, but you know, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people maybe assume he was. Yeah. He's got the best money. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. is my favorite like guy. He's my favorite yeah. father. He's my yeah. Yeah, a bit of a polymath. Interesting dude. Yeah. Why was he never president, by the way? I don't think he was old by the time they he was older than all the rest of them. So he's like in his 80s, I think, at the Constitutional Convention Okay. in 1787. Because, you know, so Washington was the first president. And I think it was like 1789 he was inaugurated. So the war happened in 1776. So it's a whole, he was just, he was never, he was the dignified older. Are you nominating a Ben Franklin well, biography? I want to bring up, I have three dad biographies okay. of presidents here. And I just wanted to bring them up and we'll see if one one would be the official nomination or I don't okay. think we're going to do them. I just wanted to talk about okay. big fat bios of the presidents because it's July 5th. I have the first American life and times of Benjamin Franklin by H.W. Brands. Okay. Did he do He's that? an interesting dude. He was fun. He, he, you know, started, he invented the potbelly stove. He has a reputation like for being a bit of a, being a bit of a uh, Lothario or whatever. But Robert Greene actually thinks he points out that there's no real evidence of Franklin acting kind of like a, a, a womanizing party, like that type of person he has a reputation of being. He he doesn't do that in the Americas at all. He and John Adams went to France crazy. Uh, in the 1770s, early 1780s, to try to get funding from France to help them with the war against England. Yeah. And Green says Franklin was kind of just playing his role. He knew you couldn't alienate the French by just sitting there and poo-pooing their way of life. So Franklin went to the salons and engaged in talk and flirted with some of the people there and john adams was a kind of puritanical uh, prig prig with a g i'm not cursed i got you i got you. you know what i mean and he he write john adams writes in his letters home to abigail like what a terrible person of loose morals uh franklin is and that's kind of that caught on but robert green says like you know he franklin was astute enough to realize you can't go to france trying to get them to give you money and just look down upon them okay. and scold them for their my little ben, All right. side. ben franklin my favorite president even yeah. though he's not a president he was not technically president <laughs> it's okay next biography next one's big old washington of life by ron chernow Ooh. this chernow and david mccullough are like the kings of uh dad dad bios they are and actually, I posted a picture of all the books I'm talking about here, and churn like a lot of a couple of people were like, "Oh, the churn out Washington's good." So uh-huh. I'm not, you know, I'm being a little tongue in cheek with the dad bios, but I also want to read this stuff. So I'm not. I do too. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. So 
And then last one real quick. It's a biography of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR. Champion of freedom by Conrad Black. Conrad Black is himself an interesting guy. I think he's a Canadian media mogul who went to prison for a little bit. Okay. Price fixing or something. I don't know. Um, FDR is one of my... A lot of energy tonight, Matt. You got a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, so is my thing that I harp on. I think the two agree, disagree with them politically or whatever. The two best, like most talented politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, president wise, I think almost hands down, like it's Lincoln and FDR. Yeah, think what you will of them, they were the most adept and adroit at kind of managing the whole boat, the whole ship of state, mm-hmm. whatever. So, I've been wanting to read this biography for for a long time. I think FDR is an interesting, uh, you might have to have a spin off of dad biographies. Dad by Warner. I mean, you are a dad, so I mean, it's more fitting. That's what I'm saying. It's not a, it's like a stereotype, but you realize, like, oh, it's, it's true. once you are the dad, then yeah, because like, your your son can be like, oh, I remember my old pa reading those big old. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. good, good nominations. Let's add in uh, your dad's um telling us to read truman by david truman. mccullough so that's kind of a group of four right there okay. um let's see here my first my or, or my second nomination will be underworld by don delillo hey yeah i think we've talked about this book before and i realize sometimes we we repeat ourselves but i would i really would like to try to read this book at some point uh it's kind of considered one of his crowning achievements came out in 1997 i believe um described as both a postmodernist and a reaction to postmodernism not exactly sure how how that works but um i read white noise by don delillo and couldn't really make heads or tails of whether i liked it or not so i would like to try the old one of the old masters of 20th century american fiction again just to see um, I wouldn't say I disliked white noise, but it wasn't didn't hook me as I thought it would. So um, what are your thoughts on Underworld? It's got it's a, a provocative number. cover. It's got the World Trade Center, which this would have come out before 9-11. So got a bit of a provocative. I got the hardback edition. So. I don't know if it's provocative. It's just a it's, picture. It's, it's, when it came out, they didn't know. It it's, yeah, when it came out, it doesn't. But like, you know, now. So. <laughs> No, I liked it. I have my copy. I'm looking at it, it's uh, yeah, it'd be good. I've always wanted to read Delillo. Why do I think that book's about baseball? This is opening baseball. Yes, it. Um, it's one. I mean, it's one of those books that tackles a lot of different things. But uh, phrased, it, it has the when the Giants won the pennant in 1951, which I think is the famous Bobby Thompson. I could be completely wrong. Home run um the shot heard around the world yeah i believe that's that's the giants in 1950 just a scene describing that or something yeah and it's it's um the novel is centered on the efforts of nick shea a waste management executive who grew up in the bronx to trace the history of baseball that uh to trace the history of the baseball that won the new york giants the pennant in 1951 so i think it's even specifically the baseball um sounds like it's got a lot of subplots and um i think sounds like a book we could discuss for uh maybe an episode or two so that's my uh, second nomination underworld by don delillo nice nice feelings no i like it Ah. strong thank you appreciate it all right um your next nomination matt let's see have you ever seen lawrence of arabia I'm not. Really? I've seen parts of it. I've seen the famous where um, what's his face is drunk riding the camels. Oh, Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Did you ever hear that story? We won't get into it now, but. The scene in the movie? Yeah, he's like, I don't know if it's true. My dad told me it's true. They got they got very drunk filming these this one particular scene. And uh, you can see it in his eyes. They looks oh he's like he's a little <laughs> so and yeah oh that's anyway. fun i'll have to look for that next time i watch it 
I really like that movie. Okay. I'm fascinated with the guy, T.E. Lawrence. Um, T. I've actually read or listened to an audiobook biography of him. I'm listening to uh, a biography or like a T.E. Lawrence in the making of the modern Middle East. It's kind of a history with him at the center now. What I'm nominating uh, is T.E. Lawrence's book that he wrote called The Seven Pillars of Wisdom. I saw that you put this up. Yeah. So he's the plot in the movie. And I guess what happened in this book, he went in world war one. He was kind of like a weird, just like archeology span grad student who uh, knew Arabic and was writing like his thought, his thesis on the ancient construction of like medieval castles World War I broke out, then he kind of became a British agent, and it was his job to foment a rebellion of the Arab against the Ottoman Turks, who were part of the Axis powers. So, and it was like a little, it wasn't the center stage by any means of World War I. Yeah. But in this little corner, he did foment a rebellion, uh, you know, of the Arabs and got them to fight against the Turks and funded them. And then kind of after the war settled, the dust settled, he kind of, the British government wound up kind of betraying the people they had convinced to start a rebellion. And so, but it's an interesting, he kind of, it turns out he had a knack for guerrilla warfare and like leading people this, you know, grad student. So this seven pillars of wisdom is his account of the Arab revolt. I, I, it's a very strong nomination. I think it'd be good. I've always wanted to read it. It's supposed to be really good. It's an interesting guy. A uh, little weirder looking, not as handsome as Peter O'Toole. But the movie's very good. I like the movie a lot. We'd watch We'd watch the movie. If we pick this, we'd watch the movie. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my last nomination is going to be be a little bit out of left field i guess it's kind of a forgotten author in many ways he he sort of influenced a lot of people um kind of kind of randomly he was one of the influences of jack kerouac who kind of diverted from this style of writing to his own style of writing but i believe his first book that jack kerouac wrote was very much influenced by this author. And that author is Thomas Wolfe. And the book I am nominating is Look Homeward Angel, <sighs> his first novel. Um, that has a bit of a backstory in so much that it was Maxwell Perkins, the famous editor of the time, kind of trimmed the, the, the novel. Um, they made a movie about their kind of relationship. There's some debate about, was it reorganized or trimmed or, or whatever? I've tried this, the beginning of this book many times, and I do not understand what's going on in the first two pages of this book, but I would like to read. <laughs> Force yourself to. Yeah. It's, it's a, his, and it's a civil, it's the civil war. It's like his grandfather remembering watching a civil war army kind of march through his territory. And then I think it jumps to modern day. But okay. I've tried, I've gotten like 30 pages in. Okay. So I, both, it's, we've both struggled. Yeah. <laughs> on my bucket not but it's in a good way not in a yeah throw it down frustration way it's on my bucket list too that's a good nomination okay I've always that's my it. last one that's an official i watched the movie at the very least we should watch the movie because i think it's interesting i don't know how good it is but it was just fun to watch because they had a bunch of actors playing people from that era like jude law plays thomas wolf oh and I think he does a pretty good job. Thomas Wolfe was like 6'5 in real life, so Jude Law is not. But yeah. it was uh, Colin Firth, your man, your boy Colin Firth plays Maxwell Perkins. I love uh, McNulty from The Wire plays yeah. Hemingway. Okay. Kind of interesting because his he does Hemingway because he's British. And his Hemingway voice is pretty much his McNulty. It's like his American voice. So it's like McNulty, like on a boat it's it's like yay i caught a fish have the greatest reviews but i was entertained i I could see how it's not a good movie but it was entertaining uh the guy with the from la confidential with the sunken cheekbones plays uh, oh i know you're talking about guy pierce guy pierce Pierce. it's good It, it was entertaining i think book dorks might find it entertaining despite it not being 
the best movie. Critically acclaimed. Anyway, that's. I gotta, I gotta. I had to open up the old attic window, so I gotta train in the background. Give give this episode a nice ambiance. Yeah. For your your next nomination, is this your final one, or yeah. do you have? Yeah. Okay. Last one. This one's fun. I've actually read it back in the day, but it's like a not to get too sentimental here. It's like a magical book. I really have fond feelings for it. Okay. And it, did, it won't make sense when we find out what it is. I got strep throat when I was like a freshman in college over Christmas break. Bummer. And I read this book, Peter the Great by Robert Massey over like the 10 days where I couldn't do anything but like drink smoothies and, and read. And I actually really enjoyed myself. I didn't mind having strep throat that much. Like I, I read the book and it was just as really fast. I was just drawn in. It's very fascinating. Peter the Great kind of just drug Russia into sort of Western modernity. He built St. Petersburg. Like that, that whole. Robert Massey sounds familiar. He wrote that book, Nicholas and Alexandria. He wrote, they're very, it's, it's, is not quite a dad bot, or at least American dads don't get into the the Russian stuff. The but Russians, it's, kind yeah. of, it's a big old biography of a great person. Okay, it was really good. He 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 wanted Russia. Russia at that point didn't have a seaport, and so we picked a spot, and then he just built Saint Petersburg. Okay, went to war with Sweden all the time. Is I, I like you got a you got like a a tear in your eye talking about this book. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I was a history major. It was my freshman year. And then, you know, I went back second semester. I lost like 20 pounds. I was like, couldn't eat any. It was, you know, good. But I, I read this book, Peter the Great, a history book on my own over Christmas break. You. I got called in like what professor of mine was like, you're up for a little scholarship and we're going to have a little informal interview. And it was like five history professors. And I went in for it. I, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't that great of a student. I was like, oh, this is weird. And so we we're just kind of chatting. And they asked me, like, and what do you what do you read for fun? What's the last book you read? And my mind went blank. <laughs> and I said, uh, oh, it's John Grisham, the partner. Really what are you doing? I had just read Peter the Great. I didn't get the <laughs> I'm wondering, like, oh, how I just... oh, that definitely would have gotten you the scholarship. Yeah. Story of your our lives. Okay. John but, Grisham. It was just like a thousand. It wouldn't have paid for my whole. Well, you know. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have spent the thousand dollars on education stuff anyway. But I always remember that story. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know why I didn't say Peter. <laughs> yeah. Right up there with the mystery about Billy Joel, volume three. Yeah, I had a mixed up, messed up childhood. All right. A lot of great nominations. Um, yeah, they're all strong ones i feel like there's one just because it it's i think it, no matter what it would have been close to the top of my list but since you you mentioned sort of like hey this book keeps popping up in my head in like my real life maybe we should read it and that would be the once in future came by th white thinking you're right because there i think the biographies I'm very interested in. I almost think that could be a, a different series for us. Add to it. Uh, Teach Lawrence actually is that I think would win. Oh, really? In other a, seasonals? Because I'm very interested in that. I may throw it back in the mix later. Well, you can definitely throw it back. We can oh, almost I mean, have a rotating, like, hey, we've nominated these books before. We really like them. Yeah. We, you shouldn't, we can't not talk about them again, you know? I feel the same way about Underworld and actually and look Homeward Angel too, but I might vote for under other circumstances. Underworld might be my vote. Yeah. Of yours. That but. was kind of the one I was leaning towards as like my favorite pick. But. We are doing a Patreon baseball episode or series. Vaguely. Maybe we could do Vaguely it. <laughs> baseball. No, well, okay. But. Um, do you want to do the once in future King? Yeah. Or is there anything There's else you want to much. kick around? I got all these Arthur books. This is oh, you're gonna be writing so many notes. You'll love it. Yeah, and I'm not too. I'm not immersed in the Arthur lore. I'm not either. Growing up, so, we didn't, yeah. 
Um, but I did pick up the huge, the huge, um, I think it's what Thomas. Thomas Mallory. I got that yeah. confused with the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. Um, More to Arthur is. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I only read the one, but the Sword and Stone is, is good. Really good. I think we should do the ones in Future King. Let's do it. And we'll do, we can maybe even just do four. We'll finish the four books. We'll read them all and we'll do an episode on book one. Oh, you want to do it that way? Okay. Yeah. I think we could do each book and then just talk about it when we're done. And it's not, it won't be too slow. We'll plow through them. But I think when we're, when we're done with Sword in the Stone, we'll talk about Sword in the Stone. Do you watch the Disney cartoon as a kid? Uh, I think I did. It, yeah. it's, it's not like a strong memory in my mind, but. We used to, for whatever reason, we, we watched it a bunch as kids. I think it was one of the ones we had on VHS. And I was reading Sword in the Stone recently and i was thinking like oh man they really just kind of put this book down into cartoon form there's a lot of <laughs> yeah let's do it okay that's our new seasonal so that is the once in future king by th white and the plan right now is to do an episode after we finish each of the four uh shorter novellas correct like mini books it's like a 650 page book okay jump into four parts so it's Gotcha. I don't see any reason why we couldn't do that. I like it. I like it. Um, See, that's we're listening to our our listeners and followers too. That's good. A solid, solid stuff. I like. I apologize to your dads for not. I I would like to say, Truman. Yeah. Come on. Be a dad bio corner. I think the Washington book would have been. I think. I I agree. Like all those guys, all the presidents. We need to do. The dad bio corner, and we just read a biography of a, a president, a fat old or a president who's not a president. Yeah, Ben Franklin. <laughs> All right, Al, Al Gore. Any any thoughts on any of the books we talked about, Matt? Mm, yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the suggestions. Yes. Um, so let. Like I always do, let me go through our TBR because uh, we have a, it's a fairly long and extensive list that we have going on right now. We just did Summer Lightning, which if you're not a fan of PG Woodhouse or you haven't read PG Woodhouse, you can start there. That's where I started. It's delightful. So that episode is out. Um, we also have The Masters of Atlantis, which is a book I'm excited to talk about. It's a, it comes, it's one of Matt's favorite, uh, you know, one of funniest books he's ever read i agree um our mini seasonal that's turned into a longer seasonal is black leopard red wolf by marlon james we also have loris and the fifth business which were our previous june correct books um i finished the fifth business it's a very good book um with a exceptional ending we have the silent patient which is our thriller book that we're reading over on our Patreon. I still have not done my essay. I'm thinking about it. I know you're looking for it. I'm getting close to finishing that book. Um, I like thrillers. I've I've concluded from reading this book. Uh, Not a surprise there. And then Life and Fate, which we kind of mentioned briefly, that's our 2022 book, which will probably go into 2023. Um, I also have Neverwhere, which is a book that I'm supposed to read and I, I guess talk to you about because you've you've read it before. That's a I wouldn't say that's on our TBR, so to speak, but I have it on audio. Okay. And when you start it, I'll listen to it at the same time and we'll do a Neverwhere episode. Coming up later on, I don't think that we have made it officially, but we're gonna do another Don Powell book. And then we um, are going to do the third in the Flashman series by Jordan yeah. McDonald. The Flashman's August. So, so yeah, coming up soon. So yeah. end of summer into uh, early fall. So those are all the books we're reading. Um, a good list. We still have to pick July. Yep. And, and you know, you would say, Joe, July 5th. These guys need to pick their book. Eh, sometimes we pick middle of the middle of the month is when we select our our book of the month club you know how we are at there will be books we sometimes get behind the schedule so uh i think i've got all the books matt does that sound correct 
Yeah, we're gonna pick a baseball book. Oh yeah, baseball book. Yeah. Probably our next patron episode. Okay. Look at uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we one of our last patron episodes we talked about like um, baseball books in general. So then we can kind of pick one that we've talked about and dive into yeah. that one. So, so yeah, do you, do you have any, any opinions on it? I think uh, in a week or so. Uh, we'll do that. We'll pick that. So let us know. Peter's married. I'm back I got married. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to hit this summer really hard. We're going to catch up on all this stuff. And I, and by the way, I know I mentioned uh, my kidney stone, which I thought I gotten rid of. Uh, that is, unfortunately is still around. <laughs> so this is the summer of the kidney stone and the summer I got married. So it's, it's been, a, but I'm in no pain. So memorable. That's good. It's been memorable. So it's the summer you saw the big canyon in the Southwest. Came up with crazy theories about how it got there. Yes. It's the summer I got a stone in my in my kidney. So it's been fun. So that is, I think, all for tonight. Um, we're we'll looking forward to the Once in the Future King. So we appreciate. Um, I don't have it written down who suggested that, but thank you for suggesting that. Um, we will get that going here over the next couple of months. Matt, any final thoughts on tonight's I'm gonna episode? I'm going to go. I gave away my copy. I'm going to find out. I'm going to go to Kansas and steal the book back from my brother's kids. Uh, and on that note, we will talk to you soon.